What's going on, everybody? Back into the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here we are on this Friday to recap the crazy game that was this past Tuesday night. <clears throat> I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, it, it's it's kind of easy to say that that was maybe the craziest game of the season, and you know we've had crazier games. It seems like in different certain aspects, you know, the one point losses maybe, but this one with the runs was kind of incredible. What's going on? Yeah, it was just uh, never seen in my 23 years of watching basketball. I've never seen anything like it. And uh, um, it was a good thing that uh, um, we came out on top. Uh, it was uh, thought we were going to um, handily that, win that one for a while. But uh, um, it's not necessarily basketball without things being interesting at the end. No, and the fact that and we'll jump into it here uh, in a second, but the runs – this was a run-heavy game with their start, our middle, that I wanted to say because I was going to look up when the last time we had a, a run that big, especially to have it in the last three years, and I don't remember the last time we had a run that big. I, we would have to go back, which we haven't done. I'm sure it's happened, but perhaps not that big. And then the ending, yes, got a little dicey, so this game had everything. So we'll jump into that, that eight-point victory. We'll cover a lot of things. The uh, main account, actually, it was posted on Saluki Baseball. Finally, on Saluki Basketball, post an interview with Brendan Mullins. We'll discuss that because we just had a chance to discuss it. More probabilities, the final probabilities of the season. He also gave uh, percentages for how the last three games will end up. Uh, obviously, other around the valley, there's some really good games down the stretch. A couple other topics, the Sycamores, again, we will talk about, and then takeaways from this game. Uh, okay, let, let's talk about it now. But there are 4,400 tickets sold at this game because that also wanted me to mention uh, the other posts they made today, which is something we already knew that we, uh, heading into the final week of conference play, we continue to lead the Missouri Valley in both total and average attendance, about 59.8 on the season and 4,200 per game, which, like I said, we kind of knew that was the case, but no, we know that's tickets sold compared to what we see. We've been in every game for the most part, and sometimes it doesn't always appear that way. That's definitely tickets sold. And Marcus said makes Pantera a special place, which it definitely does. To kick it off with that, so that many people saw the game, or at least a little portion of that. So, no, this eight-point win, like I said, craziest of the season, a crazy first half, and then a dicey second half. How this game kick off when they started on their 11 and nothing left? Yeah, it was a um, – right away we went back to uh, J.D. Mula to see if we – he usually is the one that starts us off. If he doesn't start us off with a couple baskets, uh, um, we usually struggle to score. Um, but right away, it, the both teams went scoreless for – or they went scoreless for a minute and a half. But um, Rink Mass got it going with a big dunk. Um, they really they really came to play. Uh, Brian Wardle had his guys coming in here, the hottest team in the Valley. So – at that time, um, and they just uh, really buckled down on both ends, and um, we got good looks. I thought uh, you can agree that we got both. We get good looks most of the time, um, but uh, yeah, Rink got him going with a big dunk. Then Boyad's impact in the first eleven or first seven minutes um, during this run was big. He had a he had a bucket here, then he had a block on the other end. Um, then he came right back down and got another bucket. Big swing for them. Then Leon's hit a three to make it nine nothing. Um, we went down. Um, Kyler had a good look, missed that. Then uh, Rink uh, got another layup. It was eleven nothing. But um, it's like Rodney Watson, something, something uh, we didn't want to do. But Brian had to take that other timeout. 
Yeah, I know it was definitely needed, I would say. Uh, neither team scored at least for almost two minutes, but then it was an easy dunk by Matthew that kicked it off. And then, yeah, it was turnovers. It was two missed free throws by Cash that were strange. It was, honestly, it was worst-case scenario start. Yeah, and we said it before. It was the case, and we played at, uh, at Carver Arena that Ari Boya is one of the top difference makers in the league. I mean, he hasn't been healthy, really, the last couple of years. And even at you know points of this game, definitely the second half, they didn't use him. I don't remember if he was in foul trouble or not, but they just quit using him. It could have been the difference especially when we got to that big lead, but you knew right away, yeah, it was like a 45-second stint where he did have two, four points and that huge block. It was like, man, this is not going good. But, yeah, we did have good looks. Steven missed threes, Lance missed threes, and those two free throws. Yeah, worst-case scenario start at that point, but then we sh- should have known when uh, Leones, who has been playing well recently, um, made a three, and that cut it to nine, and then, yeah, Matt had the layup. We needed that 30-second timeout. I agree with Rodney that you want to save those, but when you definitely need them, and we could definitely say that it was a good timeout because we went our, our own, on our own run here. Uh, Marcus got on the board. Marcus had a really good game. We'll talk about that. Definitely a bounce-back game from him. Um, him and Lance got us going. The first four, or the first four points of the game came by those two, 11 to 8. Um Mikey Haug on this game, he, he played really well. Nolan uh, Hickman uh, was really good in this one as well. They're young guys stepping up. But then Marcus made a free throw here. I think there's something that he's made now, 18 straight free throws. He had like 32 straight at one point this year. We remember that was second highest of all time. Uh, and Noah will jump into the incredible first half that Cash Coupette had. Uh, he had a jumper to kick himself off. But then he had a three. He had three straight. At one point, he had three straight threes, right? Steven had a jumper. Remember, shrugging again that he could drive whenever he wants and get an easy look. Those would end up being his only points of the game. But Noah Cash, three straight threes to have our lead at not, uh, at uh, seven after one of his threes. Incredible start for Cash. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a guy we've been wanting and a guy we've seen at times throughout the year that uh, when he's aggressive and looking to find his own shot. Um, a lot of the time it's going in because, uh, um, he can be a streaky shooter, but, uh, yeah, he's seen that first one. He's seen that first jumper go in and he's seen that next three go in and, uh, he just kept on. I mean, if, if he didn't get going, um, I'm not sure we can climb back into this game and take the lead like we did. No, he's just, and he's, and he's doing exactly what he's been most consistent at this year shooting. It says here that in his last eight games, he's shooting 15 for 28. That is 54% from three in that stretch. That's honestly incredible. Um, but it's definitely what we've been needing, and it's something, like I said, that he's been best at because we know that if he's trying to penetrate, he gets it taken from him, and he's not really doing a whole lot else. We know we can count on for shooting. He's become an amazing shooter. Um, so after that happened, I, I clicked out to find that stat. What happened after that stretch there? Yeah, we had a uh, seven-point lead. Then uh, Marcus gets starts his, uh, after a turnover by uh, Leones and a steal by Lance, another steal by Lance. Uh, uh, Marcus started to get himself going a little bit. He hit a layup. Um, uh, Cash got fouled. He went to the line and made up for his two missed ones, uh, got two more. So uh, he was continuing seeing the ball go in. Then um, a little, little run run by Marcus here. Um, he got a jumper to go. He, he was hitting – the mid-range jumper. Then he was going back to the floater, which uh, he can do anytime he wants. That's one of those things we kept saying. And um, they started really uh, sputtering on offense. Kentman missed the three. Hickman missed the three. 
layup missed by Howe. Um, Dalton comes down. He hits a jumper. Um, we're up 17 with 3:46 to go, um, and uh, we really we kept it kept our foot on the gas there to end the half, and ended up a 41-22 with a dunk by Cash. It was a great um, great play backdoor to Cash for a big dunk. I know uh, uh, Ronnie Watson after the game said, uh, "Here's my five bucks. I've been asking for that a while." And he was joking with Brian and uh, um, just a big run. Like like we said, we've never seen a run like that. I mean, um, crazy run, not scoring in the first six and a half minutes and scoring 41 points the rest of the half. Yeah, and that's what this team has been all year, you know, spotty in certain aspects. But that was the craziest of spotty and how you can just flip a switch like that and play, you know, obviously it's whenever your offense is great and you can match that with your defense because – there was stints in this, and after Cash had that free throw, he blocked Mast at the rim. I thought we were really good contesting around the rim in this game. Probably some, you know, mid, you know, some missed uh, foul calls or something. You know, this refing was against Spotty in this one. Very bad, actually, I should say. But other than that, we were pretty good. The fact that the contests were there shows something. But I think, uh, and then yeah, you mentioned that backdoor cut by Cash. That Rodney did say that, and I'm thinking, you know, we were beating teams in backdoor about four conference season hits, like we've gone away from that a little bit. And even Brian said throughout this game that they just let them play. You know, they whole, there weren't a whole lot of plays run. They just let them play, which is also what we've been asking for at times. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't just remember a stretch like that. I mean, they were missing shots. They were kind of turning it over. Yeah, missing easy shots along with us at the rim. And they just weren't. They had some guys come in that were non-contributors. Uh, Jason Ken again, we'll get to him. Uh, he was in, They took him out at Spurs because he just wasn't doing anything and then Montgomery tried to come in he couldn't do a whole lot either and Terry tried his best in this game and did pretty well yeah after Dalton hit that jumper and Cash had that back door there weren't a whole lot of points till Terry uh, went one for two from the line uh, I believe and then uh, Leon's had a transition that kind of uh, you know obviously it was as big as 25 and then they at one point they cut it to 14 because of uh, Leon's had that nice dunk. Mikey Howe was a good assist man on that. But then Dalton went by or went down to the – when we noticed that he gets under the rim a lot, and he can finish better than anybody on our team at the rim, arguably. I, I think it's going every time he gets there. He has nice finger roll touch, and he uses his strength that we know he has been using. He took advantage of that with Howe and Hickman. Like I said, he takes most advantage of mismatches over anybody on the team, but – and then Cash had a layup, cut it to 16, and then, and then Marcus hit a three in the corner, led by Dalton. There were like, what, five seconds left. Dalton went all the way down court, coast to coast, and fouled Marcus in the corner for a buzzer three to have that 19-point lead at half. Just incredible. Like I said, we don't remember a run like this ever. Uh, Troy made it in at one point in this as well, but it was just incredible on, on both ends of the floor. And we were thinking, obviously, this could be our first um, win against a quality team. We knew there was a whole... Tw- 20 left to play and like we said that was kind of different we'll get to that Noah but how this box score look after the first 20 yeah team wise shot very efficient 55% from the field 40% from three we got to the line five times shot three of five for 60% they only got there like twice and only made that was Terry Roberts near the end of the half went one for two um very efficient shooting I mean this was the Marcus Damask and Cash Coupette show uh 17 for Cash um, six of eight shooting, three of four from three, two of four from the line. Um, we've been telling Cash, we've been talking about how he's only been shooting maybe one or 
or two or three threes a game now, and he, he gets up four in this first half and makes three of them. Um, then Marcus uh, finally breaking out uh, from his struggles. Six of eight shooting, 14 points, one of one from three. I mean, uh, just looking at other team stats, uh, they had zero points uh, off uh, from turnovers. We had six. Um, we we only had three turnovers, had six assists, so six to three and assist to turnover. Um, theirs was uh, four to seven turnover. They had seven turnovers. So um, Brian Mullins mentioned a lot of things about ball pressure, and we really got up into them. Um, I know there was a couple times uh, we were in the defensive end. We were right there by our bench, and he was yelling at guys to get up on the ball and press them. But uh, really, Cash and Marcus really got this. None of our bigs scored. I only saw uh, JD for six and a half minutes, and Kyle only got almost barely under two minutes of play. Um, us, us going small, seeing Troy Moore um, was big time. Trent only got two minutes because he had some crappy fouls called on him back-to-back really quickly. So uh, this is a big overall first half. Did not see a lot from um, – only really only Lance struggled. Him and Steven struggled to shoot. Yeah, per usual, Steven. We'll jump into that at the end. But, yeah, when we went small, I think that's when we said, you know, this was one of Marcus's best defensive efforts on the season. When he was able to guard Mast, and I hated that they – we talked about the switching. They switched, you know, Lance on the Mast and Marcus on the Terry, which are both worst-case scenarios. And it worked out in our favor most of the time, but – uh, yeah, going small, not playing Kyler, I think that's just a product of, you know, the game was really fast at that time. So both teams were getting out in transition. And because we mentioned, Kyler has played well against Mast in his career. He didn't really get the chance in this one. But uh, obviously when he didn't play, that we uh, went on a huge run. Yeah, we were plus 19. They were minus 19 as a whole in this half, which is incredible. Uh, yeah, Cash with a plus 24, Marcus plus 19. Um, really all you can ask from guy. I mean, that was about as perfect of a start from Cash as you can get. We just read off the stat. He's just been incredible. Uh, and he's really been good lately. You know, that was eight stretch of threes. But as long as we can get him continuously getting these nice looks, and we talked about it on previous pods, if you get it in transition, or even Cash when he gets in his spots, I don't even know where he's best at shooting on the court. He can make it anywhere. But either, the, obviously, the wing or the corner, his best shots probably. Um, but, yeah, we – they had a they had a speed and paint points at 18. That, I'd say that's where they were getting most of their points from. They weren't really shooting the three very well. Yeah, one of seven, and we were the four of ten thanks to Cash and one by Marcus on his make. But yeah, Lance did struggle, and we'll get to more of his struggles that he had in the second half. Uh, definitely a bad ending for Lance, but um, overall, yeah, solid. Obviously, 19 point lead is what you want, but you know when there's an extra 20. To potentially, you know, anything can happen, which we know that's the case, and that's exactly what happened. What else stuck out to you, Reese, before we move on? Yeah, it was just uh, we out rebounded them. They we talked about how how key rebounding was going to be. I think we were plus two on the boards in the first half. Um, they only had uh, they got five offensive rebounds to our four, but uh, we did were the best defensive rebounding team in the conference, uh, but they were the best offensive. Um, I thought we did a decent job there. Um, and we only I talked about turnovers earlier. That's probably what helped us in in the game, uh, forcing them to turn over the ball. Then we had ten fast break points to their two. We only got two bench points, but um, the way two of our starters were playing, um, if you can ask for them, like we talked about the first part of that first half, um, if you could get something from maybe Lance Jones in that first six minutes, then um, you're probably up 30 from what uh, we got 
from Cash and Marcus the last 13 minutes I've had. Good point, yeah. And even I was going to say the bench points weren't that great. Six total, they had four to R2, yeah. And one, one thing we'll get to at the end, too, uh, Marcus's minutes in this game. We'll get to another stat of his. We know he's, uh, I think it's the top three in the Valley. We'll cover all that again. But when it got to a 25-point lead, there's no reason that uh, – Marcus should never have came out of this game in spurts. You know, obviously, if it if it gets out of hand at a certain point or they start making their comeback a lot sooner, then you can bring him back in. We've said that, obviously, if you take him out of the media, you can bring him back in another media timeout or sooner than that. But I think just he played great, obviously. But uh, when you have that huge lead, there's no reason you can have, you know, him playing out, you know, out there. I, it, it's – it's just it's just crazy how they can do that to him. And they said after the game he felt fine. He said he felt fine. That's, of course, what he's going to say. And even putting up a great game. But I just think that they need to obviously watch that, especially with that huge lead. That's one of the biggest leads we've had on any team this season. There's no way he should be not not coming out of this game. But we'll get to more of that. Noah, how this second half kick off? Yeah, Marcus uh, stayed hot right out of the get-go. Got a bucket to start the half and answered right back by by Rink. Um then uh, Lance, uh, he got a he got a layup with uh, 18:58 left in the second half. Um, then it was a, that was a struggle for Lance from the from there from then on out. Then uh, Terry Roberts turned it over. Then JD went down, turned it over, got sloppy here in the first going. Um, after that, missed layup by Leones, uh, but uh, Lance turned it over again. Um, then Dalton fouled. Then Lance fouled. Then we got a stop. Then Lance turned it over again. So. Right, right then and there, Lance got pulled out real quickly. Yeah, and rightfully so. I think they should always take him out when he's struggling. We've said that forever, that you take him out, it kind of gets him motivated to come back in and play better. Maybe that wasn't the case in this. But we also noticed, you know what, you said J.D. has turnovers, but they were giving him weird passes yeah. off those screens that he couldn't handle, that nobody could handle. So I wouldn't say those were on him by any means. Um yeah, and throughout this, I mentioned Jason Kent earlier. He was missing layups. He's missing wide open corner threes that did not help them. They would have got going even sooner. But yeah, this, there were not any points really almost for about two minutes. You mentioned the fouls, but Marcus did have a layup. And here's where we saw Zeke Montgomery with a three. That cut it to 20 when it was 23. Marcus matched him again. Just going off, no, we, we'll talk about it and say it now that uh, his floater was working in this one. He was backing guys up and just – easily just floating it over them stuff that we wishes he would do more and if he did do them he didn't make them so it was weird how he can be so hesitant in Evansville and not be a factor and and they come in against a way better team and play like this and that's the kind of inconsistency that we really can't afford even though we managed to win both games especially by the end we can't afford something like that but the fact that obviously him doing this helped us in this game he had a three here this is when it was 25 of the 15 minute mark after he hit a three and then we remember saying that Billy Tabanana was going to hear his name a lot, or we were, and he made a three here, cut up the 22. Zeke had another layup, some easy stuff here we were letting him have. He finished an and one. Um, they had a lot of and ones here in the second half. But Marcus had a layup. It was back to 19. Cash, uh, one for two from the free throw line. There was his 22. Then Lance, of course, in his spotty free throw shooting, one of two as well. Uh, Mikey Howell layup. So he finished it. Here is an he finished an and one. Troy fouled him. Uh, and then Tyvonine had a layup. No, a 28, 28 point lead or 18 point lead at the 10 minute mark. Um, and then this is kind of a little Mikey Howell turnover. Dalton had another one of his layups, but after that it was kind of no scoring again until Connor Hickman had a layup. He's he's turned into a quality freshman for us. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I believe it was on Monday that uh, Wardle was asked about him, or, uh, or no, I think it was on the pregame. He was asked about him, and he talked about him. And yeah, he's. Um, we talked about him how he wasn't really a factor, but um, for a freshman, he's going to be. He'll probably make the all all, all freshman team probably because uh, um, there's not a lot of freshmen making an impact. Uh, Brendan Mullen just talked about that. We'll get to that, but uh, yeah, he's going to be a solid player if he can grow. Um, I'm not. They've had a couple other guys, just maybe kind of the same player he could be if he can turn out to be um, improve that three point shot. He could be like Dibnell, like they had back in a couple of years ago. But uh, yeah, he's a nice player, and uh, he had some good moments the other night. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Brian said that at a high school they were trying to recruit him as much as possible, and we're seeing that come to fruition. Yeah, there were three straight and ones that they had, and he finished one. He had a three after his and one. Uh, and then Noah Darius Hannah got in this game, didn't do a whole lot. He missed some shots. And we remember talking big on him this year. But he had a couple fouls, didn't do a whole lot else. But Hickman did go on his little run here. Dalton was missing shots. And then uh, Rock, Terry, this one Terry got going. Terry almost got to the rim whenever he wanted to. He's beating whoever it was off the dribble. This one was kind of the, remember the first game that Lance and Terry kind of matched each other. Lance kind of let Terry get the best of him in this game at times. Terry turned it over and did a whole lot of other stuff as well. But And then Mass got a layup. Next thing you know, it's a nine, only a nine-point lead at the 445. Uh, Lance, you know, went one for two at the line again. We noticed that throughout, definitely at the end of the second half, we were just going one of two from the line. It was Dalton, it was Cash, it was Lance. Couldn't afford it. And next thing you know, they're only down by eight. And then Ter- Terry has a little 4-0 run here. Uh, top of nine and hit a huge three. This is when it was at five with a minute and a half left. They started to press us, um, which I wanted to say, we haven't really seen the press a lot this season. We remember seeing it, obviously, Little Rock. That's when it, you know, we had 20-something turnovers, and we saw it at times in the non-con. But then I was thinking, well, we haven't really had games where we had a late lead, you know, Creighton we did. But outside of that, we've either worked our way back and lost by one those couple of times, but we haven't been pressed. And I think we handled it well when we have, especially however many chances we have had it happen to us. But this one we were doing pretty well. I think we were obviously a little under pressure and falling under it a little bit. But, you know, outside of that, we did that well. Dalton, thankfully, made two free throws to cut it to seven. And then Lance had the one free throw, 25-second mark. Then it ended up being that final score of eight. Um, wouldn't you say, obviously, the press is something that we have struggled with, but like I said, teams have kind of not done it to us, but we handled it decently well outside of maybe flustered a little bit. Yeah, we just got, I mean, if you, uh, Lance got sped up a couple times, and I think Dalton had one where he got trapped at half court. Um, we just got sped up a little bit, and uh, uh, Lance was uh, trying to make something happen, and uh, he just we just needed to, calm down and get the ball across half court and um, set up our offense. But, yeah, it's uh, we've struggled a little bit. But, uh, yeah, like you said, we haven't seen it and we haven't had the opportunities or we haven't had the leads or something where teams need to press us. We've been trailing, so um, they've been getting back and setting up their defense. But, yeah, we didn't we didn't look too bad, but uh, Lance struggled with it down the stretch here. Um, he got pulled again, at, uh, I think, around right around a minute or something. Uh, for it again, I don't know if that was for free throw shooting or uh, just turnovers as well. But, yeah, he got pulled there. Um, the big one down the stretch, it was uh, – trying to think here. He, like, tried to throw it over his head. Yeah, it's just 
It was uh, it was not good. He he struggled down the stretch here, but a big moment down the stretch was with uh, trying to find it here. There was a five point game right after T- Tana Vinen hit that three. Um, they get a steal, then Terry Roberts comes down, turns it over. Could have been a one possession one possession game with about a minute left. Um, that was a big turnover. I believe it just slipped out of his hand. He was trying to make a pass from the corner, just threw it out of bounds. Uh, that was a big moment there. Um, then Dalton stepped up, hit some big free throws to close her out. Lance, um, one for two again. Um, it was all free throws from like the nine minute mark. It was one of those, another thing where we didn't get a field goal. I think, uh, Rodney Watson brought it up in the, in the post game, nine but minutes. nine minutes without a field goal. Yeah. And that can't happen, obviously, even especially when you're not shooting free throws. Well, that's the recipe for disaster at the end. That's why, like we said, that's one of the craziest games. Being down 11 nothing, 41 to 11 run, you end up up by 25. Next thing you know, they storm back, and they're a good team. They can storm back, but we let up on defense a lot, and then yeah, no free throws and no. And yeah, whenever we try to run the clock out or something, we get something trying to move, and Lance would try to force it, and some of those passes were awful. And we we noticed that he'd come out. It looked like he was like shrugging, like. I don't think it was that he didn't think he did something wrong, but it's like, well, I'm supposed to do something if, you know, at this very moment. He's, like, trying to force something, having to try to make something happen, and then if a shot clock or something, he's like, well, what am I, it's like, what am I supposed to do? But it's like, well, just do something better than what than what you had been doing. But his turnovers, he had six on the game, and then five of ten from the free throw line. You know he's, what is he, well, now after 50, this game, 55 probably. I think he was point. at 58 going into the game. And he was what a uh, seventy, I think seventy eight last year, something, something like that. And it's just, it's weird. I don't know what's going on with him. And we've seen it the whole year. So, um, yeah, it's five of ten is not good. We are twelve of twenty one for as a team. So uh, that turns out to fifty seven percent. That's uh, these were the worst two free th- free throw shooting teams in the valley going at it, and uh, they were they only got to line six times. So they were four of six. So we didn't get to see them miss a lot, but. Um. Yeah, from the line watching that, it was it was rough. Very rough. It shouldn't happen. We recall whatever game it was. What was it? Uh, Evan or no? I don't, Evansville or something. We shot like nine. No, we shot really good one of these, and we said if we do more of that, we win a lot more games. I don't know what it was, but that's a, yeah. Missing only three less than you made is never good, but. Outside of that, I mean, they ended up out-rebounding us by six because we couldn't make a shot at the end of those nine minutes. They got easy defensive rebounds. Um, but, I mean, they really – I mean, their leading score was Terry only with 11 on 14 shots. We noticed Frank Mass, he had 10 and 9, but didn't feel like he was at his best in this game. He wasn't shooting any outside shots, no. I think that's how you can beat Bradley. You prevent him from making threes, whether he was hesitant and, you know, get – you know, they were – it was tough for them to get in the flow of the offense when they were losing at times. If he wasn't shooting – even Terry was 0 for 3, so B-Lay was the only one that shot well for them. But I think that is something. You know, if he's not – Mass isn't shooting threes. I'm not saying he's obviously not unplayable, but he's, you know, just not really making a difference. I think that's when you got to pounce on him. Yeah, I think uh, us going small with Troy guarding him and us switching um, with our ball pressure that we upped, um, that doesn't give him very many opportunities because uh, uh, we were just able to switch things and uh, he didn't get uh, – he rolled a lot instead of pick and popping because um, there's no chance on that pick and pop. If we're switching, he'll get a shot. But yeah, Vile's only one. We both teams were five of sixteen. 
Um, they they heated up. They shot a lot better in the second half. They shot 48% from the field, 44 from three. So um, we struggled mightily from three, 106 in the second half. Um, I'm trying to think who uh, Cash, I think he hit maybe he didn't hit one in the second half. Marcus hit one. Um, no, he didn't hit one either. So, and I think Steven, Steven had a wide open one that would have blown the roof off the place with a couple minutes left. Um, but he was not able to knock it down. He is still struggling shooting the ball. Um, but yeah, rink, uh, I think with us going small, he tried to stay inside a lot, but, uh, yeah, still solid game 10 and nine for him. Yeah, his usual. I think he. It's surprising that he, his averages aren't what it seemed like they should be. He about got his averages where it seemed like. But yeah, I mean, in terms of having, you know, these these stints of, you know, not being. I mean, I just think all in all, when you when you can't make those, when you can't make free throws when you're not scoring, is we honest. I'm not gonna say we should have lost because we ended up making those two at the end. It mattered. But yeah, you could have won by thirty or thirty five. Um, or more than that. So and we know, you know, we have spurts like that that this team can have this season if you're led by certain people and playing as a team. Like we said, a transition, we were thriving um, and even getting, obviously, we were playing hard on defense and mentioned that at the rim defense and get, having the benefit of the bad fouls calls. Uh, bad fouls calls on them that got us at the free throw line and those chances we weren't able to make. And so it was. It was the craziest game of the year, arguably, and it was all for our first win against a top five team. But, That'd be more in the box score. No, a 25 for Marcus. I mean, that is, in those 40 minutes, we said, when it was up at the 10-minute mark in the second half, you could have took him out when it was 25-point lead. Um, I mean, right, I mean, we could honestly, I mean, he played really well, and he said he felt fine, like you said. But, you know, when it comes to the nitty-gritty of this season, we mentioned how when he was a freshman, it could have made sense because having that workload as a freshman is tough. Did not get to see it last year, and I think seeing it this year that uh, we know he's gotten stronger. I just, it, it's worrisome. He could play this much, and I think he said he's third in the league in Valley in minutes in the Valley. But um, obviously, hopefully, it doesn't hurt us. You know, at the nitty gritty, even Drake leading up to St. Louis, I, I would find it hard to believe that it would because of the stakes, and he would fight through the best he could. But we feel like we've seen this before. Hopefully, it doesn't happen again. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird, uh, especially at the beginning of the season. I was, I was, I was big on that. It's coming off an injury. He was playing a lot of minutes, and. Uh, Nobody else seemed to be worried about it, but now here down the stretch, he's playing 40 minutes. I know it was a big game, a big momentum game for us, but, um, yeah, he said he was all right. He was very efficient, 11, 11 of 15, uh, only got the line once, um, only had three rebounds, but, uh, yeah, that's a, only had three turnovers. A couple were bad ones, but um, it's a big-time game by Marcus. We knew he was due for one of these type of games, um, and he chose the right night to do it. Um, playing 40 minutes is tough, uh, but uh, he, he, had, he had three days to rest before our next game, so um, I'm sure he didn't mind it. I think that was a huge takeaway, having the game on Tuesday and having this breather. Even Rodney said that to him at the very end. But, no, I think Cash, seeing Cash's game, only two points in the second half, um, I think that's happened a lot where he's had good first halves and we haven't either gotten him going or he hasn't really contributed in the points category in the second half of games. But, he he missed four free throws. He made four as well, but three of six from three, six of ten. I mean, he was. We mentioned the dunk that he had on the back door, but he was actually getting better looks at the rim. We recall the huge offensive rebound he had at the end of the game and finished one at before the end of the half, and then before Marcus had that three. So 
he had the stints of everything. He had seven rebounds, and him and Lance both have 37 minutes. Lance had three steals again in this one. He only shot three of eight outside of his free throw shooting. He had 11 on the game, four rebounds, three assists. We've talked about Lance leaves about five or six points on the board each game, mainly because of free throws, and this was one of those games with that. Uh, Dalton had a nice game. I mean, he was everything we needed him to be in certain points, finishing at the rim, eight points, three rebounds, two assists, and 23 minutes with a block and two steals. Um, so he was good. Yeah, J.D. didn't get a whole lot of it. I mean, he had a steal and a block in those 15 minutes. We talked about the bad passes that people were making to him, along with getting his four rebounds. Yeah, Kyler, two minutes is crazy. Trent, two minutes because of the fouls. We questioned that. Because Noah Steven, obviously, he only had those two points, didn't do a whole lot in his 25 minutes and had two fouls. We noticed that Steven's fouls have become really bad. Like when you first see him and they happen, they're not great fouls. He's either pushing the heck out of somebody or something bad. Um, and I'll, we'll get to Steven here in a second. But uh, maybe Trent could have came in for Steven in those, in those spurts. We know Steven's barely shot free throws. If they just fouled him, it would have helped him out a little. Um but maybe we should have saw Trent. He only had three fouls or two fouls. Should have saw him there at the end, I think. Yeah, and he's uh, – well, he, he barely shoots free throws, but he's a really good free throw shooter. Um, Steven gets a lot of his fouls. He's uh, trailing guys on screens and stuff, trying to keep up with them. And um, they're just tacky fouls that shouldn't happen. Um, down the stretch, those could cost us at some point. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know why we didn't see Trent. I don't know. Very often, we know we picked up those quick fouls in the first half, um, but um, they rolled with Troy a lot more, we've seen. But, uh, yeah, Steven, um, if he would have knocked down one of those threes or something and uh, not pick up those tacky fouls, that shouldn't happen. Um, he'd been really good. We know he started out that game with that uh, baseline mid-range jumper um, that he can get anytime he wants, we keep saying. But, yeah, it's weird seeing not Trent because um, we've been riding with Trent and – We've seen down the stretch here, even um, Mike asked Brian about it, that Trent's uh, taken some of Steven's minutes and it's opposite Tuesday night. Yeah, I know. And we have mentioned Trent's been getting bad fouls called on him to warrant not coming back in the game, but only having two. I they're mean, both the same fouls. They're trailing shooters. There's trailing guys off screens, and they're just tacky fouls. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, but I want to talk about Steven. Some stat. I mean, I sent you yesterday because I was looking at just all the players' stats. And it's weird because, obviously, we think Steven's having a down year. And, obviously, his first year last year, he was really good and did what we needed him to do. But we did expect him to take that next step. But when you look at it, um, I mean, he's, he's made one less field goal to this point with three games left uh, than all of last season on 11 less shots. He's shooting 44 from the field. He was 42 last year. He's made three more threes to this point this year with two less attempts. Uh, that's 41%. He's, he's perfect from the free throw line, only eight shots. But here, he's got five less, only five less assists to this point, five less rebounds. Um, he's got more steals this year. I mean, everything is almost exact. He's got five less turnovers, and he's got one more point he does right now than he did all of last season. But we do recall, yes, that's where it is. Is We expected more, even though it looks like it's a fine season. But you know, after that first year, he knowing he was probably the fourth option on the team, arguably, um, that he really hasn't lived up to it. But it's just crazy looking at those stats. Any other pe person would see that and say, well, it's obviously a quality year, but you know, if you're a fifth or sixth man on the team, we expect more out of that from him. But 
No, I mean, almost exactly in everything. With three games to spare, we'll see a lot of these will end up still exact in three games, unless he contributes at a high level. But, um, like I said, we, and that's why I sent, the, sent these to you, and you said, you know, it's all because we expected more, and that seems to be the case. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see, and uh, uh, he's, uh, he's a few shots that we expect him to hit away from uh, having some really good offensive stats, and we know what he brings defensively. Um, but yeah, it's crazy to see. Uh, we just ask him. Well, he's ad- averaging a conference now. I forget what it is. Um, we talked about it last time, but now in conference, he's only averaging right at five point or four point nine points per game. Um, a guy for him, uh, he's he's in that group now. We're just asking um, to just get your average. I mean, that's what we were doing at the beginning of the year when he was averaging seven or eight. We just want you. Rodney Watson talked about it. Those guys in those fourth or fifth spots, and you just get your average and the top three will take control. But uh, um, that's been a real – I mean, Dalton Banks, since he's in sort of the lineup, um, he's helped take away um, that necessity from we need from our bench. But um, we got two – I believe in this game, we got two first-half bench points and didn't get a single bench point the rest of the game. Yeah, I know. I, it, it, we need more contributors, obviously, from that. What we've noticed our bench has been pretty – good at times. I mean, Anthony hasn't even played in the last couple games, but something also about Cash I mentioned, because I was looking at his, that it says he hasn't started four games this year, and I was thinking back and remembering that he didn't start the year. First four, first four games of the season, he didn't start. I think it was the uh, uh, one of those games against HBCUs that he started, I think. It was after the Paradise Jam, but notice that, just thinking how much our team has evolved in terms of who's on the bench and who's not. I mean, even we know Kyler started to start the year and then JD is slid in there. So there's been the inner, you know, and then Steven obviously moving out of it for Dalton. Um, you know, obviously we've seen, and obviously that's always going to happen over the course of your season. You're going to have changes like that. It's just whenever you get the most con- contributions, because yeah, Dalton coming off or starting now has changed that bench look. And that's where Steven's got to come in and be better than he has been along with some others. It'd be really nice to have Ben Harvey, like we've been saying, or Anthony making on the court, Noah. Speaking of Ben, we've known all along that he's out for the year. I think it was recently Brian said, though, that they finally found a doctor to have the spleen surgery for Ben. Um, so that's good. And then obviously, you know, we don't know his future in terms of, you know, being on the team or what it hit. You know, I'm, I'm assuming he'll still be on the team, uh, but you never know. We mentioned, you know, thought of maybe just being done with basketball because it seems like a pretty big thing. But if he's got the right doctor and stuff, that's a good sign. But I remember hearing that like uh, not too long ago. Yeah, I believe uh, the Saluki Sports Next tweeted it officially before Tuesday's game that he's out for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, it's crazy to see. Um, maybe it's a, I don't know, maybe it's a Saku type year that needs a year off, maybe next year to have that surgery to recover. Um, then he could, like, medically redshirt. Then he'll still have his two years left maybe. But, um, yeah, because obviously – he gets a year back because of COVID. Then, if he takes a medical redshirt to have that surgery, he still he can come back older and get stronger and have two years left. Yeah, I know. We talked about you know at the end of the season we'll talk about you know potential additions and the ones we know we'll have and where he fits in all of that. So we do wish him well with confirming of getting that doctor to finally have that surgery that he arguably should have had a while back. We know that he skipped it in that regard, but he's getting it now. So, yeah, again, crazy game. We'll get some quotes in here. Um, Brian said that it started with our defense, our intensity, our ball pressure, rebounding, getting deflections, 
Then the guy sprinted the court and fed off of each other. He's talking about Cash. He said Cash was in another gear. He gave us he gave us great energy. Quote: There wasn't a lot of play calls. This is what we talked about earlier. Quote: The guys were playing basketball. They were playing instinctual and playing with a ton of confidence. Uh, Marcus said we were just feeding off each other's energy and the crowd's energy. Um, and Brian said you don't always have to learn from losing. We have to take of the ball, take care of the ball better, and make our free throws. But we won the game with our defense being able to get stops. Um, and then uh, Marcus said it just shows that we were doing what we were doing is working. Coach had had a quote for us about keeping at it, don't give up, and it's eventually going to break. We're trying to keep trusting coach, keep trusting our offense, and eventually we're going to break through and have some big wins. And that's exactly what it was. It was the blackout cancer, a decent crowd. Dog Pound showed out. It did get loud in there at times, especially on that huge run. It was incredible. We were standing up after everything big. It was just kind of like this huge moment. And, you know, maybe, it, you know, this is the kind of win that can propel you moving forward. This is the kind of win we've been needing, especially against a good team. When you, when you have stints of a game where you beat them that bad, and then maybe you almost give it up. But then this is a game where we say, well, you know, if it was a five-point game at three and a half and not a minute 50 left, then things could have definitely changed. Um, but I, we were finally able to finish a game the right way, but it could have been a lot better. Noah, so final thoughts on this game. Yeah, it's uh, obviously it could be uh, a momentum game. We keep ask or keep uh, saying, is this the is this the time we start our run? And uh, obviously, it's a good chance. Um, you have a good opportunity tomorrow uh, to steal one on the road, then come back home for senior day and play uh, a rival again to knock and sweep them on the season series. But, yeah, it's a momentum game. It was a crazy game um, from going six minutes without – the first six minutes without scoring. Um, then the next 22 minutes you score 56 points. And then the last 12 you only get nine, and most of those off free throws. It's just crazy that um, those stretches like that can, can – kill us or it can it can really help us at times especially um those middle 22 minutes like we talked about and uh if we just i think it was 11 11 second half turnovers is what got them and our lack of scoring in the last 12 um helped them back in the game but uh yeah we showed we showed a team in there for those middle 22 minutes that um if we continue to get better and gain momentum going down the stretch uh no no team will want to see in that 3-6 matchup in St. Louis. Yeah, and there's still teams that we wouldn't still like to see, but depending upon how these last three games play out for sure, it's just crazy that we can we can just have some more of these inconsistencies in terms of knowing that we can be that kind of team. Bradley is a good defensive team and we did just they just gave up for that twenty two minutes, you know, they were giving up easy looks and it was just weird. And we know we can do it against anybody and we almost blow the lead. That's just the kind of team this team is and we and we acknowledge that and know that to this point. It's just knowing that you can just get the wins, and the wins is all that matters. Obviously, when you get to, especially when you get to St. Louis, it's one and done. It's a do or die. So any, you know, if we can have sports like this and those games feeding off our crowd that would show up to there, a neutral court makes it all interesting. Um, so we can't wait for that. It's just more having games like this where there's a lot of good and bits of bad, but not vice versa all the time. It's just being inconsistent in that regard. So, yeah, big eight-point victory to get us that first win against the top five team. 14 of 13 overall, 7 and 8 in conference. Great to see, Noah. So before we jump into uh, around the Valley stuff, we'll, we'll dive in a little bit about what Brendan said there in his interview with Mike. Uh, a little bit about recruiting and kind of what um, 
you know, we've had, you know, his, his expectations and what he's done of the season so far. Um, obviously he said everything that we've been saying about the inconsistencies and maybe he thought that we could have scored a lot more this season is what he expected, but he knows that how good our defense has been too. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's what we all expected uh, to have a offense with those two star players and, um, what we thought cash could bring to the table and, uh, what we thought Steven and, uh, the other guys, and we thought we'd have Ben Harvey, um, to add his, his scoring ability. But yeah, obviously we struggled here. Um, but we showed Tuesday night the the offense we could be if we're knocking down shots and uh, getting confidence. Um, but it's yeah, it's interesting. We it's we're not where we thought we'd be. Um, I think at the beginning of the year I had us going twenty and ten. Um, we're gonna be a little bit short of that down the stretch, but uh, we're not too far off. But uh, yeah, obviously offensively we could we should have been a lot better this year. Yeah, and he acknowledged the close losses and what things we could have done differently in those games as well. At the end of the season, we'll pick apart a lot of these games of win or loss. That'll be fun. But, um, yeah, what else? he talked about uh, something big, that something we hope that we uh, get in on, Noah, is the transfer portal. He asked about that and said that how much even guys coming back next year, how old of a team we will be. And he kind of avoided the question in terms of, you know, the specifics of, yeah, we should go after those guys, but he knows – um, he acknowledged the freshman class this year wasn't great. Um, that he said, you know, DeVries wouldn't have went to Drake if his dad wasn't coaching there, you know, the obvious stuff. But the freshman play this year hasn't been great. So some of the younger guys hasn't been, you know, as like top notch per se that he was getting at compared to what's, you know, some of these other transfers coming in, the impact that they've made. It's clear as day, Noah, that we need to go get a veteran guy, whether Brendan said it there or not. Yeah, he said, I uh, believe. Uh... He's, I think uh, Mike said, Javon said the other day that uh, he thinks this the transfer market will be big for the Valley this offseason. And uh, I expect it to be, has for the last couple of years, teams have been getting specific guys, whether it's uh, Drake going to get uh, Tank Hemphill or uh, guys or Loyola going to get the Chris Knights and the Schwiegers of the world. Um, just what you see out there. But, uh, yeah, freshman-wise, other than that, uh, you see Tucker obviously at Drake. Um, you see what Troy's done, the little uh, the off the bench stuff he gets, and you see the uh, Indiana State has Micah Thomas, and you see the young guys over at Evansville starting to finally break through here. But you don't see a lot. Then you see, obviously, we saw Connor Hickman the other night. But yeah, not a lot of freshmen making big impacts um, for the Valley this year, and it's going to be um, a transfer season. I know. Uh, I think Brendan said. I know he doesn't mean it like this, but he said player. He kept saying players, and I thought, well, uh, does he know something we already don't? Or uh, um, we think we are we just need to go get that one transfer to replace um, another kind of guy like uh, Cash, find a guy like that, can come in here, be that third guy, help us out. Then the other guys continue to grow, and we know we got the two freshmen that continue to grow each and every day getting that extra work in. Yeah, Brendan mentioned, you know, you still want to go look at freshmen. We know Javon did say 2023 was the biggest number with that. Um, but, yeah, I think you have to, you know, because the league is that you have to go older. And we will have an older team for sure. I think J.D. will be really the only, you know, senior next year. You know, or we would have COVID seniors and the three mainstay guys. But I think J.D. will be the really the only senior per se. We don't know how all that stuff with COVID is going to look like and pan out for that, but I think it's a foregone conclusion. You know, you got to go get a JUCO guy, go get, 
you know, just anyone that's got it. Because if you bring another freshman in here, it's going to be a learning curve. You know, he's got to be a top-notch talent. You got to go get. You know, we know Cade's going to come in here and hopefully play. And you got the two that you just said that we have sitting out. We can't afford really have another redshirt. We need, you know, to stack up and stack up these teams and be as competitive as we possibly can with all hands on deck. Um, and obviously, we have a couple guys that we have in mind that we know at least Brian went to show up. To even give the looks, we hope we just hope the looks are there. We always have our uh, threads of transfers we're in on that we hope is also something that we do again this year that we're in on. We know that'll happen. Just time will tell. I think that's just obviously what they have to do. And then he mentioned being along with Brian in these three years and said, uh, you know, obviously he didn't know the kind of coach Brian would be as a head coach because obviously when you're that young, what he was 32 when he took the job and coming from Loyal, obviously your first ever head coaching job could be bumpy and just, you just never know what to expect. Um, but he knew that if, you know, cause he said they were best friends and having them along each other's side could make a difference. And I think obviously our youth and on our coaching staff has paid dividends. We know we've said it. We wish kind of Ronnie Watson was on this staff to be um, that young mind that Brian can feed off of, but they've all young guys that fought off one another. And we've talked about the, the, uh, Films that they do, how they prepare this, you know, prepare our players. I think they do a good job at that. And obviously, um, certain parts of this team has been really well, especially our defense, that this team can be known for and what Brendan, you know, preaches of, uh, you know, that they can all coexist on and be a really good staff. So that was good. He did, yeah, like they, he said they were best friends and that they can, it's just really good getting to uh, coach with your brother. So that was nice. Like I said, would that just happen that we listened to? We talked about Ben. Uh, so now, Noah, let's talk about other Valley scores. There were some some really close games that night that we had our game Tuesday night. Yeah, while we mentioned recruiting, I want to jump into a little tidbit here. Um, I do know Jeremiah Talton, who we um, hadn't offered, but I believe we reached out to. Um, um, he committed to New Orleans today. Um, he got offered yesterday by them, so he, he jumped on that opportunity um, then another uh, another tidbit here I wanted to say is um, a guy we've been uh, following a lot. He's been e- exploding at the JUCO level. It's Brian Moore, um, who would be a great get for this team, an, uh, an athletic uh, scoring guard. Um, he'd fit great. He'd replace Cash very well. Um, just an interesting tidbit. I don't know if this could mean nothing, but I found out um, I was looking through his Twitter uh, he likes a lot of dog pound stuff, a lot of SIU stuff. I don't know if that means nothing, but I think it could mean something. Yeah, I mean, does he like other team stuff or is no, SIU all just team? SIU. Yeah, that's interesting. I would, I hope we push hard for him. We know the looks that he's getting. He was the one we were just talking about. We like his stuff just to give him that idea of, you know, mutual interest, especially within the fan base itself. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially he can defend. I think that's where they would want him most. Is he? can defend at a high level and score 20 or more. And 6'3 seems like the perfect size we would want. You know, we know we have Marcus and other guys to fill in that size, but we know having another guy around that size, he'd be great. And we were, said Brian, was it the John A game looking at those guys too? So um, Sean East continues to stick out and propel John A to where they are. Even though it's interesting because, you know, I watched him for the first time and you've seen him a lot. Kobe Barnes has been really good at putting himself on the map. We know he was Indiana State player left when Lansing was gone, and he's made the most of it. He could go somewhere decent. He's played really well, and we know a couple other players they have. So um, who knows who he was looking at. We know Cam Alford's there as well. It's the guy that will continue to 
be honed in on that seems like a Saluki seems like a Saluki player in a lot of facets and we've even heard that you know he's interested potentially in all that and we don't know if that's who we've been in on but it's interesting and we'll follow at the end of the season again of who we would like and what the options would be so I'm glad you said that that he's like that stuff that makes it whole more interesting as time goes on so uh, what about the scores around yeah Tuesday night um, um, Indiana State who we play tomorrow uh, traveled and uh, led at halftime in Springfield um, but the Bears held off came back um, 32 points from Gage Prim to win 79. 70 over the Sycamores. It seems like you see teams around the Valley um, have um, the formula to give the a specific team the fits. And Indiana State, as Missouri State's, we know Indiana State now is split with them. Um, thought they could sweep them. Big game for Cooper Nice again. Cooper Nice again. He's continuing to shoot the ball really well. Had 23, but Gage Prem had 32 of 11, 18 of 21 from the he, he's he's become more and more, and I remember we'll get to even uh, March in the Arch recently had you know their conference predictions, and we'll get to some of that SIU regard. I think one of them even tried to think they were going to kick Gage Prim out of the first team, which definitely easily will not happen. Um, but yeah, him being great, one thing that sticks out in this, uh, Jalen Minette, 6 of 10 from 3. The team was 8 of 18, so everyone else was 2 of 8. Well, he was doing that. It's weird how they didn't shoot a whole lot of threes in this game. You're right, the matchups-wise, they give them fits. I think Wilbar can give teams fits with his ability to space the floor. He was one of their best three-point shooters in this game. It's weird. We know they play hard. We know we're in for one tomorrow because of they're all versatile. They all can play different positions. And uh, if Cooper Nice is this hot, it will be tough. 23 with those six rebounds. He's on fire. He's almost, I want to say, he's, he, might, he might not, but he's having a stretch that could propel him even to uh, maybe a third team or something like that. It's, it's, it's an interesting, and even most improved or something like that. Something crazy that in the stretch that he's on, we'll be definitely having uh, some eyes on them for tomorrow. Mosley, only seven points. That sticks out. I don't know who they – maybe Julian Larry guarded him like he's guarded everybody else. It's interesting. But carried by Manette and Prem. Yeah, then uh, the another one we have not uh, – uh, we talked about on Monday – um, of the news that came out Sunday about Illinois State, but more news broke uh, on Tuesday or on Monday night at his coach's show. Uh, you and I traveled to Illinois State, but uh, no Dan Muller. He had stepped down immediately after his coach's show. Uh, apparently he said he didn't want to be a distraction to these players and be a bigger story than it actually is. So uh, he stepped down, and uh, the intern coach, his, uh, assistant coach Brian Jones, took over. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Uh, it's probably best, you know, obviously. He doesn't want to be a distraction, and that seems like that would be the case, but the players would want to play hard for him, I would think, and they play hard in this one without him. Uh, that was breaking because, yeah, we were going to discuss that because obviously it happened in between. We knew he was going to stay. They gave him the option. Uh, we wish him well. That was everyone's talking about that uh, show that he was on, and he was kind of unleashing some funny stuff and having that funny side of him of even past stuff or recent stuff this year. So. We do wish him well, and I'm sure they'll have an easy search. But, yeah, they only lost by two at home. A tough game. You know, this is Noah Carter bounced back in this one, A.J. with 20, um, Burhau with 10, but then Antonio with 27. You can't really – it's tough to guard him. We know you and I struggles on defense. They probably had multiple bodies at him. Uh, but I think, you know, and they finally put uh, – never mind. They, they had the same team. They didn't start Schmidt in this game, but which could have been played paid dividends against how small – you and I was maybe they wanted to mash five off the bench with Schmidt, but 
Um, one more say it'll be a, still a fun team to watch. That was a good effort by the players and then that interim coach for sure. And that was a, we would have definitely liked them to get that victory, but it was a close one. Yeah, uh, they led at halftime, weren't able to close it out, uh, up one at halftime. But uh, on Wednesday, Evansville traveled to Drake. Um, it was uh, not close in the beginning. It was ugly um, at halftime. It was 47-15 to 15 in favor of the Bulldogs. And uh, uh, I guess a good effort in the second half. Outscored Drake by 10 in the second half. But an uh, ugly game for Evansville. Um, I, once again, I can mention it now. i seen uh, another thing about – uh, the Evansville account I mentioned earlier in a, another pod that uh, Licklider presently apparently put his, was going to put his resignation in last week, and the AD talked him into finishing the year because they didn't want him back-to-back uh, middle season head coaching changes. So that's an interesting tidbit, see what comes through that. Um, but, uh, yeah, Tucker DeVries led the way, 16 points, Tank off the bench with 14-7. and seven. Yeah, a lot of people have Tank favorite of maybe to win six-man of the year, but – yeah, I mean, that's probably best for the conference. It's a bad look if you do that, even though it's warranted the season that they've had. They they played tough. And we've said that it seems like they should go in a different direction. But even how Todd talks, maybe he's just putting on a show in terms of, you know, and especially in the media's on Monday that he acts like he's excited for the future. But I think even if he's trying to put in his resignation, I think he knows, and maybe that is a wait and see. But they're doing what Illinois State should have and just waited it out. Um, but – Overall, you know, I think that is something we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, Drake, I mean, if you, what were they, almost down by 30 at one point in the first half, you can't expect to come back, even outscoring them in the second half. It's just not going to happen. Bad matchup there. So Then another one uh, I mentioned about the Indiana State-Missouri State game, a team with the formula to play, maybe knock off top team in the league. Valpo hosted Loyola. Uh, Valpo up six at halftime, but Loyola doing what they do, come back in the second half. Um, 20, 20 points from Chris Knight to lead the way, um, a 71-69 uh, victory for Loyola. Yeah, Williamson didn't shoot so well in this one. He didn't make a three. But, yeah, they, they did. They turned it on. Uh, I mean, Kobe King only had two points in 33 minutes. You're not going to win if that happens. But they are still a team that you don't want to face because Kithier is now back. He had 11-5 and five in 16 minutes. I think that's probably what, the amount of time that he's getting in these games, and it'll ramp up when they hit St. Louis. People are also talking about Sheldon Edwards being one of the six-man of the year or something. He's had a really good stretch of games, and he's a really good player. Had 23 to keep them in it, and Cricky had 15. But, uh, yeah, they played them close, and Belfort was always a tough place to play. People were dogging their arena also on Twitter. But Loyola, being able to finish it out, I think that says a lot. But, yeah, Belfort's still a team that even Loyola, I'm sure – Drew Valentine will say that they're obviously one of the one of the Thursday teams they do not want to play, and I think we'll see that. We'll see a, a great matchup with them and whoever when we get to that point. Then uh, looking ahead to this weekend matchups, before we jump into the standings and probabilities, we got the final probabilities for the year. Uh, obviously, we kick off the day tomorrow at Indiana State. Um, then uh, Illinois State travels to Bradley. That'll be an interesting one. Um, the I, whatever that is, rivalry continues. I believe Bradley's bringing out throwback jerseys. Um, Valpo travels to Evansville, so in-state rivalry again there. Um, then a big one, Drake uh, travels to Loyola on ESPN2 at 5. Yeah, that'll be – that'll be. have Drake and Loyola played each other? I believe once. Just once, but I feel like – I don't know if we talked about it a whole lot, but that'll be a great matchup, see if Drake can get off the schneid. That'll be a tough one. But, yeah, Illinois State, Bradley, I want to say that's – I mean, usually it would be, what, going up 57, it would seem like. But 
I think Peoria is a little yeah, off of it a, a little bit. Yeah, it's called something. Yeah, uh, Drake won the first matchup at home, 77-68. So oh, yeah. that's going to be probably a split there. Uh, then the one I'll have, we should have our eyes tuned in on uh, Missouri State at Northern Iowa on Sunday, 1 o'clock ESPNU. Um, by what I looks out of it, looking at it, everything, I believe the loser of that game we will get on Friday night at 8 p.m. in St. Louis. Yeah, and we've said, I mean, you and I getting that game at home helps. And we've talked about it. We'll get to the props here in a second that we really hope Missouri State wins out, definitely wins this game. That's the, I'm sure every Suki fan would agree. You and I would be the team that we would want. So let's jump into those props. Yeah, uh, going through the standings real quick. Loyola's still at the top. Uh, Missouri State, Northern Iowa at 11-4. and four. So uh, Drake moves up 9-5, and five, back to that four seed. Bradley at the five, nine and six. We're seven and eight. And behind us, still those three teams tied up at four and ten. Then Evansville um, at two and 12. So um, jumping into the probabilities, which uh, – A healthy two-and-a-half game lead there. Yeah, we got we got uh, I believe there was two a weighted and non weighted. I'll just give out the ones I think uh, we are now at ninety seven percent for that six seed. Um, that's the highest percent on the map. Uh, Evansville at ninety four for that tenth and eighty six for Loyola. So it's interesting. Uh, they did the percentage chance of winning games throughout here. Um, they give us a fifty six percent chance to win on the road tomorrow. Yeah, and even. Um... That seems about right, and even the Illinois State has us at 71 to 29, and then the Drake uh, 70 30, which rightfully so. But uh, you and I, or Missouri State, has the highest percentage to get the three. Um, I just think they're a better team than you and I, obviously, with their shooting and you and I's defense. That, that is definitely will be the game to watch because I think that will, it's really close. It's 35 to 29. Those are the closest for the three. But um, I mean, even if Drake beats, if Drake beats Loyola, and then goes on, and they have favorable the rest of their last three after that, including us. They could propel up out of the four five. A lot of things still uh, could happen, but um, they kind of dug themselves a little hole, I guess. But I think Missouri State will go in and win that. I think a lot of other people are picking. They're picking Indiana State over us tomorrow, but they're also picking you and I against Missouri State. Uh, but if Prim's doing that, I, I just think it'd be it, – we almost won there to an extent. I think Missouri State will have a good shot. I think they've been a decent road team this year, so. Again, we want them to win. We want Loyola to win. We want Loyola and Missouri State as far away from us as possible. We'll play almost anybody else at this point. That's the kind of vibe that it's all getting. So, yeah, we'll see how those how it all turns out. Cannot wait. That was the last one of the year. That's sad. We've been relying on Matt Hackman for these. So, shout out to Mac, to Matt for all of these all season long. So, uh, what else? There was that, and then no, I mentioned the March and the Arch guys were having uh, a debate on Marcus. One of them had Marcus and Lance both on, and then the other had them off. Other than I was thinking, because we kind of did ours fully, and I remember for me, I had Lance on the second team. I think that was riding off his 31-point game. Uh, but thinking about, because one of them made a good point on Marcus, that everything is run through Marcus. He leads us, I don't, they didn't say this, but he leads us in all three categories on the team. Um, it's just hard to Hard to put him, have to not put him over Lance if you were to pick one of them, I would say. I mean, Lance is leading in steals, but his percentages are not good. Uh, the more I look at I mean, obviously he's shooting 55 now from free throw, and his percentages all around it. I mean, Marcus's are down too, but Lance's is almost all across the board down. 
He's scoring a lot in his steals, but I think it'd be warranted. Who would you say, if Marcus or Lance were to make one of these Valley teams, I guess one through three? We know a lot of other people are deserving. If you were to pick one in the season that they've had. Um, yeah, I think uh, – yeah, I think I think I had them both on – Yeah, they both could definitely. Yeah, I think I had them both on – I think Mark, I had Marcus on that second team um, before his awful stretch here. Then I think I had Lance on that third team. But um, if I had to pick one – um, gosh, that's tough. I think, I think I would roll with Marcus for all the weight on his shoulders, and he's the the categories he leads us in. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, Lance, uh, it's kind of a, it's not really a recency thing of choosing because one of them will have a great game and then they won't. But because everything is run through Marcus and he leads us in everything, you know, teams honing on him more than Lance. I think going in because so many times this year, if Marcus does not play well, we do not win, and I think that. That matters most, and obviously it depends how he is the rest of the year. But that was a fun day. I do think both of them will have a chance. Being the 60, we know some of those Thursday night teams have you know players with just as good or better stats and have been playing consistently better than them. So I don't know if they'll, they'll put the, maybe the potential of the sixth seed and the fact that we're there over those guys or not. Well, that's all wait and see. I, I'd say both of them will make it. But, if, yeah, if I had to choose one, it'd be Marcus for sure. I've changed on that. So I don't think you need anything else to discuss outside of Noah this this part two of the Sycamores. Uh, we know played them without Cam Henry at our place. Only one by eight. They gave us Spitz, and I think they'll give us Spitz tomorrow. What do you got? Yeah, it's a interesting matchup. Um, we're we're going to touch on the milestone watch before these guys, or do you just want to do it now? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you had, where you had that at on our board. You know, yeah, I have that on there for sure. Yeah, Lance is nine points away from 1,000. Marcus is 11. I think it was the – we talked about this yesterday. I think the dog pound had that as well. Circled on. We know they're going up there for tomorrow. Um, I hope that they would both get it uh, for sure. But I want it because we said, well, we want to win this game. If they don't get those, then we're not going to win probably. We mentioned how other people are going to have to step up then because we really want to see that happen at home. Uh, and we'll have something ready for them as well. But um, I safe to say, I think they both know how close they are. And I think they'll get it and they'll try hard, whether it's forced or not. But. Yeah, that we'll be on watch for that, and then they'll hopefully get recognized on Wednesday. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think where Marcus would already be if oh, he was not hurt last he'd year. He'd have 1,200 points right now. So it's crazy. But, uh, yeah, looking into this part two of the Sycamores, um, they're coming off uh, winning their last two out of three. They dropped one on the road at Missouri State. Um, but um, we remember the first matchup on the 19th of January. Lance led all scores with 14 and had six rebounds. Dalton had 11 and four off the bench. Um, but uh, Xavier Bledson led the way with 21. Cam Henry did not play in that game. Um, we went on our 17 to 2 run to end the game uh, to uh, put it out of reach and got the win there. But uh, Cooper Neese, um, the reigning MVC player of the week, um, 16.2 points a game. Um, he is scoring in all cylinders. You know, we know he struggled against us. No Cam Henry though, so I don't know if that had to play a lot more on his shoulders. But Cam Henry averaging four, 15 a game, six rebounds, almost three assists, and a steal. He's right there behind Lance and steals per game, I think. Uh, then Xavier Bledson, my sixth man of the year in the Valley, uh, 10 points a game, four rebounds, four assists, and a steal as well. Um, this is a good team. They got him playing well. Um, hopefully, hopefully this is a game where Micah Thomas doesn't go off. He has stretches there, but it's going to be a tough match for us, especially on the road. Yeah, and, I, and we talked how Bledson, he, 
I mean, he's had a really good year. I think he had a career high against us. I don't know if he had that against anybody else. Uh, but he's kind of a, a mismatch in that regard. And then having Cam Henry in this game will change everything. They would have beat us if he played the other night. I mean, he'd be leading us in rebounds this game. He's shooting 47%. He does turn it over, though. Him and Bledson, about three turnovers a game. Um, but even guys like Calix Stevens, I mean, he, six rebounds, nine points. I mean, they just have all just, they have quality players. You question how sometimes, obviously, it's been the chemistry and the growth over the season of why they've still struggled. But, I mean, Evans will beat them at their place. So they're, they're obviously inconsistent like we think we are, but there are just as much. If Cooper Nice hadn't been going off, they'd be in the dumps. Uh, they'd probably be bottom of Evansville if he wasn't going off. Um, but, yeah, they're, they just had quality, quality guard play. And we know Will Barr can shoot, and then you add him and Stevens. Those are the only things we got to worry about. But we know Julian Larry defends. Hopefully Marcus can snap out of it, whatever he was under against him the last time. But, I mean, even guys like Hobbs. And then, I don't know, they are a quality team. You mentioned Micah Thomas. Yeah, they will be They will be tough to be. That They're really good there. They've always been good there. Uh, we've been there once. We remember, I think it was Barry's last year. We went and saw that team there. It's a cool place. Uh, and it's just overall, it's a huge place. And I think they've said that they've had a lot of renovations around the place. We know it was under construction last time we were there, I think. But they said it looks nice. So, overall, it'll be a tough game. What else you got? Yeah, they uh... – I believe those yellow seats up at the top they replace. They have all blue seats now, so um, they've done a nice job there. But, uh, yeah, just going back to the last game, remembering uh, they did not have Cam Henry, as well, like we said. Uh, Nick Hiddle, who's played down the stretch for them, uh, didn't play in that game as well. They were only seven players deep that night. Um, but uh, Will Barr had a good game against us, 11-6. and six. He stretched the floor, so interesting to see what kind of matchup. Yeah, that was Julian Larry's. Um, shutting down Marcus from that, two of nine from Marcus, eight eight points, four or five from the line, so got half his points from the line. Um, we got 12 points from Steven that night, 11 off the bench, like I said, from Dalton. So it's an interesting matchup. We'll see what happens here. Um, I think it's – I think, J, obviously, JD's going to start, but um, with their bigs, Hiddle and uh, Wilmar, who can stretch the floor and they kind of go small too, I think it's going to be a Troy – um game as well we'll go small because uh um that's seems like what's the best time we play our best basketball is when we go small i agree especially with marcus if he can play well against mass he can play well against a lot of other people if he, if he flips the switch on it now it would help uh yeah i think we do have a two and a half you know game lead on three others behind us uh but obviously this is a game because valpo will get evansville next thing, if we lose and they win it's one and a half next thing you know so you kind of want to keep that uh, good lead with this, and this is the game we, you know, we expect to win just because of how how hot and how much we want to bounce back off that huge win and how this all happened. So uh, they average 71 a game, but they allow 71 a game. Uh, I don't know how many points we know we averaged or we allow about 55 a game at Banterra. Not sure what it is on the road. I guess you could do the math, uh, but we score 63 and allow 61. So they will give up points. Uh, I think they're a stymie defensive team, but I'm, I'm sure that they will um, allow a lot here and there, about almost exact on field goal percentage, about 44. They do rebound a little better than us, which is surprising. I think they just spiked for a lot. I think we remember giving up a lot of offensive boards because they were just out hustling us. Hopefully that's not what happens here. Uh, assists, they average more than us as well, about the same in blocks and about the same in steals. They have a little bit of an edge. Uh, so, yeah, they've been a hit or miss. We mentioned Josh Schertz has done a really good job. 
Um, he will be good from here on out with most of those players returning because we know Cooper Nice is coming back and Tyree Key uh, will as well, I think we've talked about. so. And they, they add Robbie Avila. Right. So they will be – they will have the team they have now with Robbie and just extra experience in the Valley. They will be a team to watch. It will be interesting to see where they are picked next year. But, uh, yeah, outside of we are – I got the most stats here. What else you got for us? Yeah, it's uh, – I was just going to go. I do have a spread. Do you have a spread? No. I have a spread. We are one-point road favored, so it's a pick em. Um, You choose who you want to win there. But, uh, yeah, I think a one-point. Um, it's interesting. I thought we might be one or two on-the-road uh, dogs here uh, since they play so well at home. Yeah, I think if they take into account the win that we've had and the win that we just had, I think that can definitely uh, factor in. Yeah, it is a pick. I'll take us a minus because that's just so close a margin. Um and I think they will have spurts in this game. Like I said, that will give us fits. I'll take the What's the over-under? Uh, there is none, but it would be in the uh, mid-120. Yeah, 125. Let's just set it at 125. We'll take the over. I have a couple of stats here. Um, we lead the Valley in three-point field goal percentage. Defense still, they shoot about 33, I think, as a team. Uh, 60.5 per game that we allow. That's 13th nationally. Still leads the Valley after all this time. And we are still 7-1 when our opponents score 70 or more with only loss coming. When we barely lost to Missouri State, and they scored over that. It has some stats here for a couple other people, like how hot, like even Kyler is when he's in there. He's shooting pretty efficient when he does play. And we mentioned 9-11, uh, and 11, respectfully, Lance and Marcus away from 1,000. I did look. Cash is 67. Uh, that'll be tough unless he has more games like he did the other night. And obviously, if, you, if they would count Arch Madness, that he would have a chance for that as well. Because I was looking at his two years ago, his first year at Little Rock or second year, that he was really good, almost matches the season he's having here. It was a little bit better than when not important he has been for us. So if he can work that, because it said, uh, we remember that he, I mean, going back to December, he was leading us in points, and I'm sure he's doing that close this year with the other game, helping in that regard. Um, and we remember, yeah, talking about the last game, I don't remember what we were. Uh, we had a 17-2 second-half run to pull away from them in the last game. So, um, But that'll be few and far between maybe coming at third place. It'll be an interesting game. It'll be fun game as well. We mentioned the dog pound will be showing up to a noon game. It's unfortunate for us in our line of work. We'll be able to keep up with it. We wish we could be off at that time. We'll see. Um, but it's a tough uh, tough time for that, we know. But a lot of, those, a lot of these games are noon or one or five o'clock so it'll be fun a lot of good games this year for this week in the valley uh for the home stretch here for some games have an extra game on us because we have the stretch where you know you know two and three a lot of other teams have had so um it'll be it'll be interesting the rest of the way and we're, we're thinking we have a lock on the sixth seed it's just taking care of our own business against teams we feel like we should uh but we know this will be a tough one so we're ready for it hope everybody else is too i'm nick malone Double urge. Talk to you guys soon.